Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Bolsonaro Contreras. Tonight is the first episode of this talk show. It's Thursday, October 25th, 2007. We're here focusing on offering you listeners intuitive and balanced information that can foster your personal growth and global transformation and ultimately raise consciousness. I am a clairvoyant and angelic channel, medical intuitive, healer, spiritual teacher, and medium. I've studied and developed my my clairvoyant abilities with the Berkeley Psychic Institute affiliates in the Bay Area and in San Diego. I hold a bachelor's degree in psychology and biology, and I have an extensive research background. My well-rounded studies and training have led me to the fruition of this spiritual path, and I'm here to offer you tremendous wisdom and insight on teaching, healing, and inspiring others using an effective and imbalanced approach with the archangels, angels, ascended masters, and of course, the source of all of life. Tonight, my guest is Daniel Spieth the founder of Sedona Talk Radio Show and the host of Conversations with Daniel. How are you tonight, Daniel? I'm wonderful. I'm so happy to be here, and I, I want to formally welcome you to Sedona Talk Radio. The, the Why, first time you. I heard you, you're welcome. The first time I heard you with Mark Patterson, who has our show Dynamic Transformations, I, I just knew there was something magical about you. So I'm so grateful that you decided to join our family. Thank you. Thank you so kindly. Glad to be here. It's quite an honor. I'm humbled and I'm excited at this opportunity. Great. So tonight's episode of Evolution Revolution, we're going to begin with the phenomenon of evolution that's identified as indigo children. It's a new global phenomenon of our species changing and exhibiting extraordinary qualities and states of consciousness that are just being demonstrated throughout the school systems, families across America and the globe. These children are often called children of the new millennium, crystal children, children of the light, golden children, children of the ray, and many other labels. Most commonly, indigo children captures this phenomenon. And you know, Daniel, you and I have had this discussion that you yourself are an indigo, an adult indigo. So tell me about that experience. Well, you know, it was wonderful. We we uh, met up, of course, at the Ross Spirit Festival here in Sedona, um, and it was it was fascinating because I've always thought that indigo children were something that just started, say, like you know, maybe in the last ten years. But I discovered as we talked that some of the characteristics, I guess, that I have uh, certainly fit into the indigo pattern, and some of those those things are um, I've had four times in my life when I've been asked if I wanted to pass over, and I said no, because I know there was something important to do and I hadn't done it yet. Oh, by the way, what a joy to know Sedona Talk Radio is what I'm here for. So I'm one of those very fortunate people who actually literally knows their life mission. But I've always had a sense of being different, uh, different in terms of like when I was four years old, I could, I could, you know, I can still remember I was very bright, very intelligent. Uh, some of the things that other four-year-olds would believe, I, I did. I just didn't believe them. Um, and I've always had a sense of, like, I'm here, but this isn't really my home. That my home is someplace on the other side. And I, it's been a real amazing experience for me because um, it's been difficult at times to uh, stay grounded and in, in, in terms of, of um, doing the things that I need to do in my life because there's always been part of me that's kind of half out of my body. So it's been very interesting, the different things that we discussed. And suddenly when you said, oh, you're an indigo child, or in in this case, an indigo adult, I I just, as you remember, I laughed and squealed with delight because it it just instantly made so many things in my life clearer for me. So for that, I'll thank you. You're very welcome. That validation is really wonderful for indigos. I really enjoy offering that to my clients about themselves if they're an adult indigo and often about their children. It's like, oh, I finally can make sense. There's something that captures me on this earthly plane that I relate to finally because we as indigos have been so invalidated throughout most of our lifetimes, whether it's five years or 55 years. It's it's really, really great to hear. 
So what's the greatest thing for you that you find at this point in your life with being an indigo that you can then turn around and offer? Is that Sedona Talk Radio at this time? You know, I really think so. Uh, Sedona Talk Radio is is something that literally, I, I was in, uh, I'll make this brief, but I was living in Colorado and I had an episode with my heart and it was pretty scary and I, I knew that that meant I was it was time to leave. And uh, so as many people do, I asked the angels, I asked God, I said, so where am I supposed to go? And it was it was almost like the booming voice, you know, go home. And I laughed and I said, home? Well, I grew up in California, but, you know, there's not really any family there. What, what do you mean, go home? <laughs> and so mm-hmm. as I thought about it, I, I realized that home for me, was Sedona because I had so many wonderful friends and there was a connection here. And so I made the decision to come back to Sedona and then I said, well, what am I supposed to do? And then all of a sudden I was told to review my life. And I have, uh, you know, a lot of technical, engineering, nerdy kind of side of my life and then a very strong spiritual side as well. And they reminded me of, of a commercial I did as a, as a, just playing around because at one point I've had a talk show in my life and they said, do you remember doing that? And I said, yeah. And then it was very clear that that was what I was supposed to do. I come back here and create with all the knowledge and spirituality that I have this wonderful thing called Sedona Talk Radio. And it's been just a delight. Just like you, I feel like all the bright angels are showing up to help, uh, to be part of the family. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's been like the movie, you know, uh, if you build it, they will come. So, And that is so true. That is so true. And it's it's really great as I developed this, the theme for this talk show, I thought, okay, how do I make this broad enough so I can capture a lot of evolution and a lot of uh, different people who could be classified as indigos into one premise, into one talk show theme? And I couldn't find anything that was as grand or as macro as evolution revolution because I think that evolution is saying, okay, there's something that's changing, and revolution is saying we're something on the verge of creating a new outcome. And I think if we look at those two words together, evolution revolution, I think there's no greater catalyst or mechanism for this spiritual shift than the indigo children or the indigo adults themselves. So it's really exciting to be launching this show with that theme tonight, and that's where, for me, it really ties in. Uh, My own personal uh, intuitive information is that, you know, indigo children started coming into the population in the 1920s, the early 1920s, with a very small percent, maybe 2 or 3%. And then in the late 1920s, we had the greatest economic crash in all of the world's history here in the United States with the Great Depression, And what that did is it really demonstrated that as a species, we're ready to change from materialism into spirituality, back to spiritualism. We've been lost in this materialism since the early 1400s with the Portuguese conquering most of the world and with just in relishing in the material wealth. And now here we are in 2007 and we're asking for more we've had all the cars the houses the boats the luxuries the vacations as a species and we're saying now we want to really know who we are in our highest divine light in our highest divine expression and what better way for the creator to bring that opportunity in but to begin to insert in essence a spiritual gene in the early 20s that has now in 2007 brought um, i think there are a few statistics jan Tobert and Lee Carroll say that in 1999, 90% of children that were born were, were, could be classified as indigo. So from the 1920s to 2007, there was this great shift and humanity received it because it's continued to present itself. And now we're looking at creating a spiritual revolution, including this talk show and many other talk shows, authors, metaphysicians, and it's just so exciting to be a part of that at this time. So thank you, Daniel, for this opportunity, and thank you for truly expressing your divine gifts and facilitating that through the creation of Sedona Talk Radio. Thank you. <laughs> You're certainly Here. welcome. You know, as I was sitting here, I was laughing because what it was about the whole show that you did with Mark Patterson, what stuck in my mind was Indigo. And it's interesting now we're here talking about indigo and having met you, 
you know, it was almost like you could say this is was divinely guided by the angels or whomever that the two of us would get together so I could finally get it, you know, this whole thing of being an adult indigo. And, and I realized as you were talking, what I'm feeling is like I'm part of a family again. You know, mm. I had my earthly family, but I, I have a sense uh, like I'm just sort of glowing and smiling about being part of that group because we're all part of this unique group of, of individuals that, um, you know, have a sense of, of the other side, so to speak. Does that make yes. sense? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I absolutely. <laughs> I, I fully understand. And what I, I, I feel the same is coming in connection with so many adult indigos, especially the last two or three years. You know, I've met indigos in their 40s, their 50s, their 60s, and they all say they have this deep sense of purpose. They know they're here for a reason. They know they're here to conquer something. And either they've found ways to get close to that or they've actually been able to create a platform to facilitate it. And, you know, it's just I honor them and I thank them so much because, number one, they've allowed me to feel reconnected to humanity because I didn't have that as either in my personal family, in my biological family. It just wasn't a part of my uh, my my element, my family did not understand my needs or my sensitivities, uh, particularly psychically, you know, clairsentience, clairvoyance, clairaudience, <laughs> claircognizance, all those psychic abilities. They were so strong, and living in such um, an insensitive family was very challenging. But again, it also offered me an opportunity to grow and understand to bring this flat platform today for other indigos. So, again, it's just so exciting to offer this connection for other indigos like yourself, myself, Mark Patterson, the many parents, the many adults. Hopefully we can get a chat room going here with this show as well to really increase that platform and extend our family, Daniel, of indigos who do understand there's a greater purpose than what's presented directly in front of us or what we've been born into. It's very exciting. So what I'm looking at now is I'd really like to, what I'd like to do is just bring about the 10 most common traits of indigo children so we can let the audience and the listeners see if they relate to any of these traits or if they see that they're in a friend or a child. I think really just increasing the awareness of, of what these children are about ourselves, um, it, it would just really enhance the understanding and the awareness, which is part of my goal here. So, the, you know, I'm looking through the book, The Indigo Children, and I have plenty of resources that I will be announcing throughout this um, broadcast, some websites, some movies, some books. And the book that I'm using at this time is The Indigo Children, The New Kids Have Arrived. It's by Lee Carroll and Jan Tober. Probably the greatest resource in the sense that it's a collective. There are many different people in many different disciplines who've come in and given their research background or their professional expertise on this phenomenon of indigo children. And so what I'd like to do is present the definition that they've offered is an indigo child is one who displays a new and unusual set of psychological attributes and shows a pattern of behavior generally undocumented before. So it's just saying that there is something new and unfound. Often doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists that like to interpret these things as ADHD, ADD, Asperger's syndrome. They're really just trying to put this new phenomenon in, into old labels, um, maybe relevant, but what I find intuitively and with my experience in the school systems is that those labels are, are overused and miscategorized and it, the, uh, the denial of this phenomenon in evolution is really what I'm seeing coming from that, that department um, with the large majority of the children I've worked with. And so I'd like to go now into the 10 most common traits of indigo children. And, Daniel, I'd ask you to see which of these uh, apply to you. Uh, I'd say at least seven of them, um, 70% okay, do generally. To, do I get to say yes, that one? <laughs> yes, yes. So, okay, so okay. the first one is they uh, come into the world with the feeling of royalty, and they often act like it. So there's like a strong feeling of entitlement. They are owed something in the world because they know they're here with such a divine mission, a divine purpose. They have a feeling, um, number two, they have a feeling of deserving to be here and are surprised when others don't share that. So it's as if, again, that entitled feeling. They know they're here for some grander purpose and they are confused when other people don't relate to that uh, grander vision. Uh, the third characteristic would be self-worth is not a big issue. They often tell their parents who they are. So what they're saying there is a very strong sense of self-identity. Like, I know who I am. Don't you know who you are? 
<laughs> which is really, really uh, unusual, in the, at least in America with our so- system of socialization. It's a very, you know, elementary school really defines the leaders and the followers and who sets the tone of being popular and whatnot. And these kids, just they have such a strong sense of self-identity that it just is really challenging our socialization process to the core. I can recall that from my own personal experiences as well. A short story, I remember in fifth grade, my teacher said, I was at St. Patrick's, a Catholic school, she pulls me aside and she says, you know, you're the leader here. You set the tone for how people treat each other, how people act, what people wear. So we need you to set a really good, (laughs) strong sense of self, a positive tone and treat people well because people are watching you. And I was honored and I was privileged and I was a little confused. I was about 10 years old, so I was not so sure how she knew how strong I was, but it was just really knowing who I was. Set a strong tone for others to lead, which again is relevant for my divine life mission now. So the angels are applauding that awareness very young, and we're doing the same with that here as we offer it to our listeners. So the fourth characteristics they have difficulty with absolute authority meaning authority that doesn't offer an explanation or a choice the authority that's um, very you know dictatorship because I said so because I'm your parent because I'm your teacher any kind of authority they just overwrite that because again they themselves are royal so uh, the societal authority doesn't really um, ring true for them in most cases The fifth characteristic would be that they simply do not do certain things. For example, waiting in line is very difficult for them often. There's just a low level of patience, a frustration in essence that society doesn't get things that they get so inherently. The sixth is that they get frustrated with systems and are ritual-oriented that don't require creative thought. So an example of that would be in the school systems when you say, okay, do this math sheet, fill in 1 through 20, just repeat yourself, repeat yourself, versus getting a math project and having them get creative and fill in the numbers and create the next project and work interactively and more experientially than rhetorically and just regurgitating information. That really, really bores them. It's often when they start to get um, into trouble is when they don't have that opportunity to really manifest that unique creative gift. And the seventh characteristic would be they often see a better way of doing things, both at home and in the school, which often I can identify them as like a system buster. So they just have no desire to conform to the system. That's another really important characteristic. And we can, again, identify that in the homes, the rebel in essence. And I think at schools, it's the kids who are so smart, they're bored. They're just, again, they're, they're, they're getting themselves in trouble and leading others in an awry direction. Uh, you know, unintentionally, again, there's just a lack of challenge, that linear system. So the eighth characteristic would be that they seem antisocial unless they, they are with their own kind. So if other people do not possess their light consciousness, they'll just turn inward and can appear like an introvert or snobby. It's like they, they can truly take in that feeling of isolation when they don't have others around them, which goes back to what you were saying, Daniel. It was just so validating to have that spiritual validation of others around you who understand they're here with such a divine mission and purpose. So then our ninth characteristic will be that they will not respond to guilt discipline. So, well, I I really wanted an ice cream. I really hope that you would go with me. That's not going to get an indigo child or an indigo adult necessarily going to get them to do much. They, They see right through people. They're often telepathic, which means they can read your mind. And they know your motivations. Um, I myself have been able to read people's motivations since I was, I'd say, two and a half, three years old. Um, I could tell if my parents had a motive other than my own higher truth. And more often than not, I would not comply if the motivation was impure. So that was something that my parents had a challenge with, with myself. And the tenth and last most common characteristic, according to Lee and Tobert, Uh, they said that here they are not shy in letting you know what they need. So they're very clear to speak up and speak their needs, speak their desires, because, again, they know who they are. And I'd say that depending on the age of the indigo, that just really depends on the the strength of that that characteristic. If they're in 13 years old and they're in that critical period of self-identity, it may not be so strong as a 5-year-old or a 25-year-old. 
So, so it's really, really exciting. So I just wanted to bring about these 10 traits so that our listeners could look at that and really try to identify if they themselves have any of these traits, their children or other people, and I'm doing that also for people who want to go ahead and download, download this podcast at a later time. So, um, Daniel, at this point, do you have anything to add about those characteristics? Well, you know, what's been interesting is is I have, uh, I really related to a lot of them. Some of them, it seems like maybe they're not as strong as they used to be, but yet I can relate to them. Um, you know, kind of like I never like to wait in lines. That one comes up real real strong, but yet I've learned over the years some patience to deal with that. But sure. uh, there were a lot of things in there that I, I thought I could relate to for sure. Definitely. I, I When I read these at first, I went, finally, there's like I feel more understood than I've ever felt before. So it didn't necessarily capture me right directly, but I felt like there was a piece of me in each one that I could then uh, relate to, and it was just so so validating. I think that their research well, also was with children. So I think uh-huh. it was looking at them in their most concentrated form. Well, and the one that really was interesting in a way was talking about how, you know, indigos want to hang out with other indigos because other people don't get them or they yes. can see through what other people are doing. And yes. in my life, that's been really fascinating because there's a part of me that is that way, absolutely. And yet there's another part of me that is an entertainer. I sing, you know, I tell jokes. I mean, it's like put me on a stage, give me a microphone, and I'm so happy. And yet at the same time, like I say, there's that other part where, you know, I kind of want to be with my own people. It's it's really amazing, actually. And that makes sense because I think that you want to go be with your own life to restore and replenish. And then you want to go be with the normative population, I guess I could say, with the norm people so that you can manifest your mission, so you can teach them your wisdom in whatever form you offer. So it's a very balanced sense of self and service. Well, good. I'm glad to know I'm balanced. (laughs) Yes, yes. So it it looks like here we have a question, Daniel. Did you see that? Okay. Just uh, uh, do the unmute thing. We're we're doing a little training on our first show, and you can ask them about what question they have. Paula, do you have a question? I no. I'm. Oh, there. Yes, you. I do. Hi. How are you this evening? Hi, Dulcinea. I'm looking forward to was looking forward to your show, and I've enjoyed it so far. Um, I don't know that I'm an indigo because nothing, not too many of those register with me. However, my brother has pretty much all those traits. Yes. Um, and he's uh, he's an adult, and he has a real hard time with girlfriends because he's aware, basically, of whether they lie or not in it, and and he is very very hurt because he knows, well, he knows when anybody lies to him. Yes. He doesn't know how to deal with that. Do you have any suggestions? I definitely have some ideas that I could offer there. So that's a typical indigo scenario. They're telepathic. They're reading people's minds. They're uh, inherently psychic, so they know when someone's telling them the truth or not. And that can be a very, it's a gift with the burden. The gift is that you can maneuver through the world in a very enlightened, aware way. And the burden is that when people aren't in their highest light or highest truth, it can be very, very painful. And many indigos, most of us indigos experience that to varying degrees. And one of the things that I have found that's been very valuable for me is journaling is a great tool to really release all of my feelings and my thoughts that I pick up telepathically because, again, a lot of the information that I receive and many indigos receive is coming from another dimension. You're reading people's thoughts in a dimension higher than this plane, and it can get very draining to know so much truth that can be so painful at all times. It's almost like a a 24-hour-a-day streamlining. They call it being connected to the grid in essence, which means you're energetically connected to something that's a universal grid, so information is coming in. That's one thing I recommend is journaling. Another thing I recommend is meditation, using a lot of meditation to just really clear an individual's space and help to bring them back into their own balance and their own information. 
What I've done personally to really take that to the top-notch level as an indigo is I've found a book. um, It's titled The Pleiadian Workbook by Amora Kuan Yin. She's out of Mount Shasta. Her and Barbara Hanclow wrote uh, and Barbara Hanclow wrote The Pleiadian Agenda. The books were written at the same time unknowingly to both authors. And what the, um, Mora offers in The Pleiadian Workbook are tools to teach a person how to really own their own space and define their own space and their own information and others' information around them. Now, this is pivotal for indigos because indigos are walking around in the world like Velcro. In essence, everything they encounter, they, it sticks to them like Velcro. Or in their aura, energetically, in their body, physically, in their mind, mentally, it's like just nonstop Velcro. So what the, the book offers are some very valuable tools. It also has a cassette that comes along with it that allows an individual to learn how to use a rose to clear their space from head to toe. It is by far the most life-changing tool that I have had, and it it has changed my life um, tremendously. To take that another level, to another level, what I did is I asked Spirit, oh, this is really great in a book and and through a tape, but, you know, I really want to experience these, these tools live. And within a week, they took me down to a Berkeley Psychic Institute affiliate in Marin County named Asclepion, and John Fulton runs that, that um, institute. And what it did is it gave me classes. So I took meditation classes. I took several meditation classes, women's, general, clairvoyant, transmedium, creative. And again, what they're doing is offering tools to those individuals who are extremely sensitive, which is an indigo, and allows them to really clear out all that energy they've accumulated by being a Velcro individual, by having that uh, auric, Velcro for 20, 30, 40 years in this world. And for me, again, my life has changed 360 degrees since I've been handed these multiple tools. Is that helpful? Yes, thank you very much. You're very welcome. You can, you know, Google. I gave the book. That's great. You can Google. What I'll also do right now is let me give out some websites while I have you on the line that can give some more information. And, Dulcinea, and we'll what I would request yes. is yes. Uh, if you would send uh, all of that in an email as well so we can put it up on your talk show page because um, Great. I, again, related to a lot of what you said, and I think I would like to read the Pleiades book because <laughs> I feel like Great. Velcro, that's for sure. <laughs> Definitely, and that's what happens. And any time other energy gets in our space, what happens is um, I want to cre- really reiterate the point that we are our own best teacher healer, and master. And in being our own best teacher, healer, and master, when we bring in other people's energy, whether it be healers or just someone we walk by on the street, it actually hinders our own ability to radiate our own spirit and our own energy in its highest vibration. Because, again, you work best in your own body. Your spirit was made for that body. When other people's energy enters your space, that's when health and illness become of concern. And again, this is definitely relevant for all indigos. So what I'll do is I'll definitely organize this. Um, We'll put it up on the site. But I'd still like to go ahead and mention a few at this time that I think are pretty important. So um, indigochild.com, www.indigochild.com. Jan Tober and Lee Carroll have initiated that site. It's quite valuable. It gives a good fundamental understanding. James Twyman is a, a major pioneer on the Indigo uh, revolution. He, he actually created the movie that came out uh, with, there was an Indigo evolution movie that he was the executive producer to, and I believe that he assisted Neil Donald Walsh in creating Indigo, the movie. So those have both come out since the year 2000 within the last you know, five, seven years. So www.jamestwyman.com. He's another great resource. And uh, what I really like about the, the angle that he presents is he talks about supporting the indigos between ages 25 and 40. He says there's this generation of indigos that are here to lay the platform for the children, and we need to start supporting them because if they don't get their platform up, the kids that are younger aren't going to have the platform they need to really maximize this revolution, this transformation for our species. 
So James brings in some really important points for adult indigos as well. I'd like to also go ahead and suggest uh, www.indigovillage.com. That's a local site here out of San Diego, but they have great resources, and they have a resource page on their website, and it's full of links. It even has Sedona Talk Radio up on there, their link to uh, my show with Mark Patterson. So it, again, offers some information. Doreen Virtue, she promotes the Crystal Children, Indigo Children through www.angeltherapy.com. And she's affiliated with the number one, you know, publisher, metaphysical publisher here internationally that's here in Carlsbad, and that's www.hayhouse.com. They're also another great resource of several authors in the metaphysical arena who have some, you know, valuable information on this uh, great topic. And there's another author I found more recently, um, PMH Atwater. She's phenomenal and www.indigorising.net. So those are some websites, about six websites, that can really read. People can start to look up some information and see what's out there. And again, help find more stories and more, more tools. Again, I've listed some great ways to get tools, but a lot of people have their own angle on how to approach this, and I'd like to offer all of that as a tool along the journey, as well as what I've experienced personally. So what I found so fascinating about this topic, Indigo Children, is that this started with Edgar Cayce in the late 1800s, early 1900s. He had channeled some information that he referred to as the fifth root race, that he predicted would appear between 1998 and 2010. When in race, I would say the fifth root race, what he referred to as an, a large number of people, a large percentage of the population would, would appear. And that really is now. Um, and that would be what many people are saying is the indigo generation, these indigo children. So he began his research back then saying that he noted that there was a certain auric color around these children and what he said they were is that they were indigo. They were violet. They were seekers of all types, people searching for a cause, for a religious, spiritual experience. And as they, they settled themselves into their careers and the beliefs, if they followed their path, it would, their aura would radiate a deeper indigo and violet blue. And if they, if they didn't stay on their path, it would maybe turn to a lighter blue or change colors or become discolored. So it was very, very neat how... He, he identified that phenomenon long ago. And then in the early 1980s, Nancy Tappy, who was also uh, related in the 70s, or not related, but somehow maybe directly, indirectly affiliated with the Berkeley Psychic Institute, she came about and she wrote the book Understanding Your Life Through Color, which was the first known publication where behavior patterns of these new children were identified. And she was able to create the indigo classification 17, 20, I don't know how many years ago is that now, 20, about 25 years ago. She was able to do that. And she was able to say what it means. And what, what she found was so fa fascinating was she would see if they had an indigo color that she could then predict what their mission on the earthly plane was. And when I read that, I thought that parallels Edgar Cayce. And then on a personal note, what I find so exciting is when I'm doing my intuitive readings in Encinitas or in Laguna Hills or on the phone, working with parents or indigos themselves, the most exciting part of my readings are when they show me their spirit and they show me what their path of service is and it, it is initiated with a color. So I myself am, am tapping in to this information that Casey predicted in the late 1800s and Nancy Tappy brought about in the early 80s. And here it is 2007, and I'm finding a pattern that parallels theirs and really enhances theirs. So it's really exciting and validating to see that these kids, these indigo children, including myself, have a mission, have a purpose here, and there's even an energetic way to detect what that purpose is, and then meaningfully offer that information to individuals so they then have the tool or the ticket to go bring who they are into the world in a greater manifestation, in a greater form, 
and, and really become all that they came to earth to be. So that is just exciting. What do you think of that, Daniel? Well, it kind of, I'm sorry, <laughs> but it kind of sounds like Sedona Talk Radio, doesn't it? Providing <laughs> a way for people to share share their knowledge and, and their gifts. Yes. I mean, that's what yes. this whole radio station was created for. That platform. And, uh, so, so maybe we should change it to Sedona Indigo Talks Radio. <laughs> I think it's implicit in the location. <laughs> so exciting. That's amazing. So exciting. Yes, it is. It's really thrilling, and it's again, it's so validating. Well, and I tell you once more time, one more time, it's it's uh, boy, it's making a huge difference for me. It's just explaining so much, and and like I said about Sedona Talk Radio, that that just makes sense because that's been my passion to give people an opportunity to share their message with the world. So how amazing is that? It's so validating for you. And what's what I'm do as I'm sitting here with you on the line, I know we don't have too many callers tonight. It's our first show. And so what I see, Daniel, is what you're showing me is your spirit is that you have a communication pathway and you've decided not only to really this is a great example for all indigo, so I'm really gonna make a big deal out of it, is that you fat you figured out within yourself, okay, I have a communication pathway. That's my path of service is to communicate my truth. Great. Well, I'm going to go for it. I'm not only going to do it for myself, I'm going to create a platform for other indigos who have a communication pathway. And there are many, many, many of us right now who have this communication pathway as our path of service. And you said, I'm going to create a platform for them too. So I applaud you. I commend you, the angels, the archangels, the ascended masters. They're very thrilled at this platform that you offer to me and many others and yourself. And, you know, the opportunities for more Indigos to come into Sedona Talk Radio is just, is just is filled with potential. And it's just so exciting that, again, not only did you follow your heart and bring in your mission for you and validate yourself, but you opened that door for others. And that's when the universe truly applauds. It's just so excited. And that's where the potential to really change consciousness and manifest ourselves in humanity as a greater expression, it just thrives. So I'm very, very excited about this. Thank you very much. You know, you're it's very interesting because, again, you're, you're providing such clarity. You know, it's like sometimes you do things, but you're not sure why, but, you know, and then someone like you comes in, and it's like to you it's so clear. So you, you've provided an amazing amount of clarity for me. And, and um, one of the things that I've always said um, underneath all of this that I haven't really publicized was that Sedona Talk Radio was the voice of peace, love, and happiness on planet Earth. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's coming. I, I'm not doing anything, and that's what it's happening, you know. And, and it's just really wonderful that the shows like yours can, can help us all in, in understanding things a little bit better. So, yeah, it's, it's, you're welcome. It's thrilling. And what I get so excited about is that you and I are launching this platform here tonight for Indigos. And the goal for the future is we're to bring on guests of all ages, whether that you know, you're a child, a teenager, an adult, any Indigos who are really bringing in their fullest expression. They're finding ways to reach out to the community, to reach out to other children, to reach out through writing books, through service. Whichever way you're, you know you're, you as listeners are defining your unique expressions and your missions, I want to hear about it, and I want others to know because the more that we share, the more permission we give other indigos to bring their gifts in and bring manifest them here on Earth, and then we just continue to raise consciousness. So this is just so exciting for me and for you to be launching and initiating this indigo evolution revolution I'm, I'm thrilled i'm excited and i can't wait and so i guess i should bring up here that i myself am a clairvoyant i, I think i mentioned this in the beginning i'm a clairvoyant a clairaudient i, cl- I have clear cognizance as well i do intuitive readings i'm a spiritual teacher and leader i also do healing hands or healing clearing and balancing i find that to be a very important part of uh, working with indigos is really clearing that aura and I do this in Laguna Hills, and I do this in Encinitas, California. And if anybody's interested in getting a reading from me, I'd be glad to offer that clarity or divine information. I am available at Light for All, L-I-G-H-T-F-O-R-A-L-L, 
at gmail, gmail.com. Again, that's lightsforall at gmail.com. I'm also available via phone. All this information also is up on the webpage, the homepage Evolution Revolution on the Sedona Talk Radio site. But I'm interested in doing phone readings, in-person readings here in Southern California, or if I'm traveling to your local area, I'd be glad to, to assist with that as well. Please give me a call. Any parents who have indigo children and they're having issues, I'd love to be a resource. If I can't help you myself, I'll find who can. Um, you know, just really reaching out and, and really bringing an awareness to this very important issue. It's important for parents, community members, family members, educators, government. There isn't anybody who doesn't need to know about this, you know, evolutional phenomenon with our children. It's exciting and it's on the brink of the evolutionary human species and it's just everyone should really reach in and try to find a way that they can foster this generation bringing in all that they are. And, and I'm excited to really be a part of that. I'd also like to point out that this evening I am in San Diego, California. It is a week of major destructive fires, the worst evacuation and crises, I believe, in the history of the United States at this point. California has lost over, I believe it's like five to 700 homes, the latest statistics. In San Diego alone, there were 600,000 evacuees without families. I'm very blessed that I myself was not actually mandated to evacuate. I had moments that I thought that I would be. However, I personally was able to stay in my home, but my heart, my compassion, my prayers, much light, much love, go out to all the families, all the children, all the communities, Mother Earth herself, and I continue to ask others to send love and light to the earth, to these fires. It's not anywhere near over here in San Diego. I know we still have four shelters that are completely full with uh, people who do not have homes or cannot return to their homes. And we cannot go out in town without wearing a smoke mask, even here in Carlsbad on the beach. So it's been major devastation. And so I'd just like to point out, please send your love, light, prayers, any donations, requests to the American Red Cross. That's a great um, organization who's really grabbing the reins and doing an amazing job here with this, uh, this crisis here in San Diego. So just, again, specify the money to go to the San Diego fires if you do pursue that route. And I'd like to just send much love and light, and I'd like Daniel, you too, and I'd like you to ask all your people too, just really reach out to San Diego and all of California who's experiencing that at this time. I will do that and have been doing that. I actually live in San Diego, so there's part of me that, you know, is very saddened um, about, you know, the areas that have been damaged and and, uh, terrible sadness for some of the people. So... It's 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 definitely a challenge. But I'd say the beauty of the situation is it's what's really been amazing is that San Diegans have really stepped up and brought a spirit of humanity, a spirit of connection. So they have demonstrated in a very positive and powerful way how to come together in a community during a crisis. There has been actually news alerts saying, do not bring any more donated goods. <laughs> we have too many, and that's a great thing oh, wow. to hear in such a time of devastation that we don't need more. You know, that's just phenomenal. And I hear them saying to um, on the news that you know we've really taught Louisiana and other places who've had major devastation environmentally. We're right now bringing in that lesson and the role model of how to really approach something like that, where we show how much we come together, and that's just been really beautiful to see. And all this devastation, it's been, it's been really, really heartwarming in essence for that. So that's, it's good. So I wanted to mention that I couldn't go without bringing that up briefly. So Daniel, I think the next step for Indigos is to really increase the awareness, to really bring in a platform through, these, through my talk show, through other talk shows, through other metaphysical shows, through books, through you know, spiritual workshops, more awareness. I myself am hoping to get a book out in the next, you know, however long, sooner than later. I'd like to get a book out on, on my life and my experience as an indigo. It's It's been quite a, a journey for me. I think indigos as spirits often choose extremely um, challenging pathways, so they really have the opportunity to bring themselves into their full expression. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Can you relate to that at all? <laughs> 
know. It's so funny as spirits what we do. It cracks me up. It's great. It's great. So I, I find that we all have such interesting stories, and the more of us that share, the more um, permission and validation that we offer to other indigos to really bring in who they are, which is, for me, the ultimate goal. So I'm hoping that I can get my story out, but tonight here on the talk show is just a real introduction to who I am, what I'm about, that I'm reaching out to youth in the communities. I'm really looking to really work with the school systems to see if we can try to bring in some enhancement programs, other opportunities for the children to bring in their creativity. So I'd love to hear from any listeners about school systems, ideas that they have that are working, schools that they know of internationally, domestically, that are up and running for Indigos. I'm doing my research as well, but the more feedback and interaction I get from the audience, the more effective of a platform that I can really build. Another goal is to really bring on resources and offer the websites, the books, everything that's really coming in for Indigos and bring in one maybe hub. Because what I find is my clients um, and a lot of people that I speak with don't even really know what an Indigo child is. They just aren't sure. So now we have this podcast available for many, which has the definition, some resources, some movies. Again, that was the Indigo movie, the Indigo Revolution movie or excuse me, evolution movie, Indigo Evolution. But I would like to, um, at this time, bring in some Indigo books. And again, we will put all this information up on the site. But I found that there are, I came up with about, in my brief research, 15 books on Indigo children that are out right now, and they're all bringing different angles. But I'd like to mention a few, and I will have the complete list up on the site once again. But James Twyman, has created a couple of uh, different books. He's created Messages from Thomas, Raising Psychic Children. That would be written in 2003. And Emissary of Love, The Psychic Children Speak to the World. That was written by James Twyman in 2002. And you you can Amazon these books or wherever you like to purchase your books and you can probably get them for a reasonable fee since they were written a couple years back. Barbara Condron, she brought a great book, How to Raise an Indigo Child, 10 Keys for Cultivating a Child's Natural Brilliance. So that's a really, really exciting book for parents to really look at and how to help them manifest who they are, giving them that permission and basically not parenting but being the teacher-student, the student-teacher to these great children. I think that's an important point that many of these authors have found is really not to parent these children but to allow them to bring in who they are by being the student teacher, teacher student, because they are wise beyond their years. They are old souls (laughs) here to offer all this deep wisdom. Um, Another great book, Keepers of the Children by Laura Ramirez, written in 2004. Of course, Doreen Virtue has a few books, The Care and Feeding of Indigo Children. Always love Doreen Virtue. She's a great favorite of mine, one of my closest mentors in essence through this process and that was written in 2001. She also has one of her little books, The Crystal Children, written in 2003, which is just like a little pocket-sized book, uh, a little handy reference book for any, um, you know, educators and after-school programs, YMCA type programs, anybody who works in daycare, pick up these books, go check them out, see what information that you can get to take back into your everyday existence working with these children. And I also um, think that Lee, Lee Carroll and Jan Tober, we mentioned the Indigo Children, the New Kids Have Arrived book, and Lee Carroll also wrote the Indigo Celebration book, which elaborated on the ideal school systems for these children a little bit and offered some other information. So I think that's another great book. And, you know, the, the remainder I'll go ahead and just put up on the website so I don't keep listing these here. But I just think it's important for people to know there are 15 books that I was able to come up with that, actually dedicate themselves to this topic. So the library is growing, and if anybody knows of any others, please feel free to contact me or Daniel at, the, at Sedona Talk Radio, and we'll be glad to add them to our resource page. So well, I, 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 oh. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, um, the, uh, while we still had some time, uh, that I wanted to thank the caller for their comment about their brother and, and him being able to, um, in effect, like read the, those other those people in his relationship. I've never really thought about it. Here's another 
giant light bulb going off for me because you know it's if you're I guess uh, my experience has been and now I know as an indigo that if I was with someone like in a romantic situation and I don't mean sexual I just mean you know like someone you're in love with kind of thing it was just you know if there was some untruth or whatever going on I could instantly detect it and it made it difficult in some cases you know in in, in the relationships I've had so that that's a wonderful insight for me. So I thank validate you, caller. that. Yes, thank you to the caller. That's been a great example for all of us. And I think that her presenting that situation, hopefully we've offered some valuable tools and information that can be explored further. And I think again it also gives other indigos permission to say, Hey, that happens to me. I call it the human truth detector. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I feel like I, I walk around detecting truth, and it's like sometimes I don't want to know that truth. <laughs> Can you relate? <laughs> yeah, it's it's, uh, it's phenomenal, isn't it? It's like, and it, it doesn't yes. it doesn't have to be a romantic situation, just anything. It's kind of like they start saying something, and this huge alarm goes off in your head, and you're going, ah, uh, uh, nope, don't believe that. Yeah, I just I, it's funny. We, we could have a political discussion, but I won't go there. <laughs> we'll keep it we'll keep it in the clear here. <laughs> I definitely understand that being able to read minds. I've had that um, happen to me in the executive world. I've been working in the executive world for years and at different times I will have people give me different information. Um and and it's just not the truth and I completely am aware of that and I just have to smile and nod my head and not say anything but quietly walk away and go oh that was so not real <laughs> that was not truth at all and I have to just bite my tongue because I understand that the world doesn't always understand my gifts so in certain places it's not appropriate and in the corporate world generally it's not appropriate so I fully understand, and, and I think that, um, again, the caller, just really to really reiterate, the tools are just reaching out to meditation space, really looking at um, the Pleiadian workbook as another tool that was the uh, catalyst for me. And then I followed that up with classes with the Berkeley Psychic Institute, which does have, you know, institutes in Washington State, in Oregon State, in Northern California, Central California, Southern California, and I know that there are several, several other um, psychic institutes throughout the nation and internationally that do work with this idea and this premise. So it doesn't have to be done through any of the ones that I've mentioned, although those are the ones I'm, I'm familiar with. And just a note that all of those institutes, for the most part, have Internet classes. So it's really, again, just about working the energy but having that support system. So if you're not in those geographic locations, please do look at alternatives for Internet classes or, you know, other ways to make your truth come into your space with peace and receptivity. It's a beautiful thing. So as we start to wind down this show here, it's just been a beautiful, beautiful experience, a great platform and opportunity to bring in the Indigo experience and I myself would like to share one of my my greatest I think you know indigo moments for me was knowing that my (laughs) it's kind of a funny one but knowing that my dad was having an affair with my mom's best friend when I was about nine years old ten years old and I told my mom and I knew and I told her and she wouldn't listen and I told her again and it was probably about six months to a year before she found the truth that followed my truth and so just what I'm demonstrating in that story is that at a very young age, nine, ten years old, I was able to see through people's, you know, uh, untruths and fibs and things. And people really want to assume, parents, educators, adults, we want to go, oh, kids don't know. They've only been on earth for, oh, eight years. They uh-huh. really don't know that. You know, we want to downplay them. And I'd say that I was sharper as an eight-year-old than I am now. <laughs> My senses were probably more keen and more attuned to the truth because I hadn't been socialized yet. I hadn't been through the the, the ropes of the school systems and the work systems and the ed, you know higher education systems and just all the systems in place to really help me forget the truth of who I am. And so I'd like to really remind people, please listen to your children. They're speaking truth. They're bringing in higher information. If they say something and you go, how do, how do they know that? They, 
they just have no way of knowing that. Let that grab your attention and bring in something for you. Let it expand your own awareness and question it. Ask yourself, well, hey, if they don't really know that, they're probably bringing that from something higher and, you know, open to that and create a platform for your children to speak their truth, allow them to have that space, whether it be you create a little weekly time for them to give them your truth or a whiteboard or a journal, however you can validate your children, whether you're a teacher, a parent, grandparent, family member, just help these children find the the validation and the certainty to really open up to who they are in their creative expressions. And just by doing something simple as receiving these children, we can change the direction of our outcome as a human species. And it, it only for the light, only to the better, only to the higher good. And I can't wait to see how this unfolds. <laughs> it's very exciting. Well, you know, it's interesting as you were saying that, I was thinking about um, when I was growing up, my mom, whenever I wanted to talk about something, you know, that uh, was was personal or maybe had some emotion tied to it, her comment would be, don't be so emotional. And it was <laughs> like turning off permission. And so oh, yes. I think back about that and I'm going, well, there it was. It wasn't okay. Yeah. You know? Just one comment. Yeah. It was one comment. Sad. No one, another comment. But, but well, now actually, she made that comment. That. She made that years, comment all correct? the time, by the way. But, the, <laughs> but just one little sentence just invalidated you repeatedly. And, and you know, yeah. what I think, you know, one that we've all heard, and we all heard it in different ways, but you're better seen and not heard. <laughs> like ooh. as a child, like, ooh, you're around, but we don't really want to hear you. And it's just like, right. ouch, that's, that's abrasive. And I think that I worked with kids last year, and that was – typical for parents who have three, four kids. It's kind of like, wait, it's not your turn to talk. I can't take you in. But they don't realize by saying that even just once, if the child's sensitive, that's enough to tell the children, the child never to speak their truth, that it's not okay to have that space to be who they are. And I think as an indigo, number one, they receive it so sensitively, they can take it literally for the rest of their lives. And that can just be debilitating to not only themselves, but to the human species. And I think, like you pointed out, it, it's something that can sink in and it's unknowing. And and then when a light bulb comes on, it's like, oh, that's why I thought I couldn't speak my truth. Well, I'm glad I can let that go now. That was a lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and of course it, it didn't. It's like a domino because then it's like, oh, so that and this and that. So <laughs> I may be yes. up all night, you know, figuring me yeah, all out. Yeah, get out, get out your journal. <laughs> that's my greatest tool. That's what I recommend for all indigos. And you can do, you know, get creative. If you don't like to write and you're an indigo, find another way. Sing it, dance it, yoga, whatever it takes for you to get it out. But another thing, if you um, have a video recorder and you don't want to do a written diary, do a video diary. They're fun. And I think people who are, you know, full of drama and art and creativity, they have a great kick out of doing those uh, for themselves. I think YouTube is a great example. <laughs> I was going to mention if I might just uh, do a quick plug here for for Please. a product. Actually, it's a, a good friend of mine created something called the Five Year Journal, and if you go to the five number five year journal dot com, you'll find it. And it's literally a journal designed to put five years of your life in there. And amazing, of course, to be able to go back, you know, as far as five years and 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 read from that journal. And, uh, yes. So I just, what a great uh, idea! Yeah. Yeah, that's a great so idea. FiveYearJournal.com. I'll check it out myself and see what's what's going on there. So everybody, go to FiveYearJournal.com. Let us know your thoughts. It's well, actually, like the see... Five Year Journal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, five years. That can be empowering to have that much information about one person or your own life. Absolutely. So I'd like to thank everybody who's joined us tonight, our caller. Daniel, thank you for coming on and launching Evolution Revolution and talking about your own experience as an indigo. I'm honored to have you as a guest and, and as a, the founder of our my talk show, SedonaTalkRadio.com. Very honored to be here. And I look forward to the next few weeks, months, years that we can bring this great information to our listening audience and to the 
humanity as a whole. So thank you very much, Daniel. Hope you have a wonderful evening and weekend, and I look forward to being in touch with you soon. Thank you, Dulcinea. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. No matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Thank you.